chapter five of bert wilson at the wheel this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. recording by kathleen bert wilson at the wheel by j w duffield chapter five the hoboes and the bees early in the morning the boys began to break camp and start for the new location groups of three or four were detailed by mr hollis to accomplish certain tasks and they started to carry out his directions right merrily some were sent to store the provisions and cooking utensils others to take down the tents and gather together their blankets and other bedding still others got together the fishing tackle and all was done to the accompaniment of songs and jests and laughter so that before they knew it everything was ready to dump into the old farm wagons they had hired for the purpose when everything was packed in the wagon that would possibly go in mr hollis selected tom to ride beside the driver and show him where to go after the wagon had started off some of the boys own personal belongings that were left over were put in the red scout and seven of the fellows scrambled in some way trust boys to find room if there is any to be found and started away after the wagon they soon passed it and went on until they came to the turn in the road where the lake could be dimly seen through the trees there bert stopped and the boys got out taking the packages with them shorty had been detailed to lead them to the lake and then to come back and wait for the farm wagon then bert went back to pick up mr hollis and dick trent who had stayed behind to see that nothing had been forgotten on the way back he passed the wagon and hailed tom with a how are you getting along old man pretty badly i thank you i wish mr hollis had picked out somebody else for this job someone who didn't care if he spent hours getting nowhere tom replied sourly cheer up the worst is yet to come laughed bert never mind even the worst trials have to end some time he added consolingly and started off again while tom looked enviously after the red car now fast disappearing in the distance when bert reached the old campsite now looking very bare and forlorn he found mr hollis and the boys waiting impatiently for him mr hollis and dick got in followed by six of the boys bert promised to come back for the rest right away and the red scout started off with its second load in a little while for bert had found a second and much shorter road to the lake they came once more to camper's crossing as the boys had named it there they found that the wagon had just arrived with its load but the boys had delayed unloading it until mr hollis should reach the scene of action in a minute the campmaster had taken charge and the boys were busy unloading and carrying everything to the camp once more bert started back with the reliable red scout for his last load when he got to the old camp the boys greeted him with the news that jem dawson had disappeared and couldn't be found anywhere he was here just a few minutes ago said steve thomas but when i went to ask him a question just now he was gone we have hunted high and low but we can't find a trace of him bert was troubled at first but suddenly a thought struck him and his face lighted up as he exclaimed i think i can explain the mystery follow me fellows he then led them through a dense thicket to the side of the hill covered with underbrush pulling a bush aside he disclosed to the boys astonished gaze 
a great black hole which was evidently the mouth of a cave come on out jim bert called we don't want to keep mr hollis waiting too long you know jim dawson was one of those hungry boys who never can get enough to eat so having discovered the cave one day while chasing a butterfly he had secretly brought food there in a tin box so that if he chanced to get hungry he always had something to eat at hand bert had discovered the cave and its secret long ago but he was not given to tail-bearing and so had kept his own counsel as bert spoke a sound was heard inside the cave and in a minute out came the culprit with an accusing piece of cornbread in his hand blinking like an owl brought suddenly into the glare of the sun at the look of complete surprise and dismay on his face the boys burst into a shout of laughter oh you lemon gasped steve you full-sized lemon how did you ever manage to get away with it no wonder we have been short of grub lately dave said holding his sides as if he were afraid he would burst ah i don't see why you can't leave a fellow alone said jim sulkily i only brought grub here that belonged to me don't be sore jim bert said good-naturedly i wouldn't have disturbed you if we hadn't been in a hurry that reminds me that we've wasted a good deal of valuable time already i guess we had better be getting along at that they all started back on the run and soon had jim in such a good humor that he even told them how he had escaped being found out by a narrow margin many a time and that nobody but bert had ever suspected the cave's existence they all piled into the red scout in a hurry because they feared that mr hollis would worry on account of their prolonged absence they arrived at camper's crossing just in time to carry the last barrel of provisions when they reached the new camp the boys were surprised to see how much had been done in their absence the tents had been set up and from the mess tent came the clattering of utensils and the savory odor of creamed salmon on toast soon the call to dinner was heard and the boys all gathered around the table chattering like magpies it seems as if we'd always camped here said shorty there's something about the place that makes you feel at home right away it's the classiest place i've ever been in dave ferris declared enthusiastically it makes you imagine that nature might have had a little time on her hands and devoted it to making this one spot a little paradise hear hear tom cried clapping his hands in mock praise dave will be a poet if he doesn't look out give us some more old man the sample's good you'd better be careful how you beard the lion in his den the ferris in his hall said dick trent warningly he won't favor us with any more stories if you are not careful how you offend him i'd just as soon he'd spot all the poetry he wants to if it relieves him any as long as he doesn't forget how to tell stories shorty remarked as he contentedly munched a piece of toast how very kind of you said dave sarcastically i thank you with all my heart for your liberality my which say dave if that ever belonged to me i call you all to witness that i disown it from this time on it's no friend of mine from this time on you'd better hang on to it shorty it's the best kind of thing to have around at times said mr hollis as he rose to leave the table in the afternoon scouting parties were sent out in all directions to find out the nature of the surrounding country steve thomas bert 
tom bob shorty and jim dawson were sent off to scour the woods in an easterly direction from the lake for a considerable distance they tramped along talking of the different plants and shrubs they came across and naming the birds they saw in the trees they threw peanuts to the squirrels that peeped inquiringly at them from branches over their heads or ventured shyly from the shelter of their holes they imitated the clear notes of the birds until the little songsters paused to look wonderingly at these strange creatures that could not fly and yet sang like themselves timid little rabbits watched the boys with soft brown eyes not knowing whether or not to sally forth from their security even for the tempting carrot that bert held out so coaxingly when he threw it at a distance however one little fellow braver than the others his appetite overcoming his fears ran forth quickly snatched the carrot and scurried back in a panic to his burrow where with his bright eyes fixed on these humans who had been so kind to him he ate contentedly suddenly the quiet woods rang with shouts and cries the barking of a dog and the noise of people running to and fro furiously alarmed the boy started on a run for the place from which the cries seemed to come they fairly gasped when they came upon the cause of all the commotion three men of the roughest order were dancing distractedly around trying to beat off a swarm of bees that surrounded them and yelling like mad while a big collie dog wild with excitement barked with all his might say this is better than a circus shorty shouted only i'm glad that those hoboes and not i are the whole show now shut up shorty the question now is what we can do to help the poor fellows out said tom then turning to the tramps he yelled you'd better make a dive for the brook and get under water it's right through the trees to your left he added as the men now nearly crazy with pain started to follow his advice rushing frantically to the brook they plunged in head first while the bees deprived of their prey flew off angrily into the woods to search for new victims upon which they might vent their spite when the tramps came up dripping from the water they were a sight to behold their faces were swollen so that their eyes seemed to be mere slits and their ears appeared to be twice their natural size the boys at once ran to get mud to put on the red angry wounds the tramps submitted with indifferent grace to the treatment grumbling that they didn't see what good being all smeared up with mud was going to do as soon as the boys had done what they could to ease the pain the tramps declared that they would have to be moving on because them pesky critters might come back to finish up their business so the boys watched the strange company of sullen muttering men disappear through the trees as they were lost to view the comical side of the adventure struck shorty and he began to laugh and the longer he laughed the harder he laughed the others caught the infection and in a second the woods were ringing with the unrestrained roars of the boys they laughed until they could laugh no more and then lay on the grass gasping for breath oh they did look so funny said shorty between gasps i never shall forget that sight until my dying day at that minute bert sat up suddenly exclaiming fellows look who's here with one accord they turned and saw the collie which they had entirely forgotten sitting near and regarding them with inquiring wistful eyes 
come here beauty bert called and the dog came unhesitatingly and stuck his cold black muzzle in bert's hand did they desert you old fellow bert asked putting his arm around the dog's neck the collie waved his beautiful brush and lifting his soft eyes to bert's face saw something there that made him his slave for evermore for the collie with true dog instinct had recognized that in bert he had a friend i wonder where those tramps got him probably swiped him doesn't look as if he'd had very good treatment he doesn't and it's a shame too isn't he a beauty were some of the comments of the boys as they gathered around the dog patting his head gently the collie waved his tail and in his eyes was a great longing for sympathy and love and you may be sure the boys gave him what he asked for tired out the boys finally went back to camp followed by their new friend who soon became a favorite with everyone that night don as they called the dog sat with the rest around the campfire and answered whenever they spoke to him with a wave of his silver brush bert made him a bed on the floor of his tent and don gladly took possession of it just before he got into bed bert put his hand on the dog's head saying i guess we're going to be good friends aren't we old fellow and don looking up in his master's face with eyes that held a world of gratitude and love answered to bert's entire satisfaction End of chapter five